Good morning. It is so wonderful to be back with you all this morning. There's some new faces, but there's some faces I certainly remember from, I don't even know how many years it's been, but it is good to be here and it's good to see you all. Before I read the gospel lesson, which I asked if I could do this morning, I wanted to say some personal remarks. Um, when Sherilyn called, she didn't call, when she sent me a message and asked me to be here today, I panicked. I mean, that's why it took me two hours <laughs> to, to answer her. Um, but it was like, what? They want me to speak, and um, I had to say yes, because I'm fulfilling, by being here, a promise I made to Joseph. Before he passed, he asked me to write a letter to you. Now, I'm not such a bad letter writer. I'm just a very good procrastinator. <laughs> so that has not happened. So today, I will, mixed in with a few of my own words, I will give you some uh, words of his that he wanted me to tell you. And first and foremost, he wanted me to tell you how very much he loved being your pastor. Now, there's one thing I will say about Joseph, and that is he loved studying. He loved researching. It didn't matter if he was doing it for a sermon, if he was doing it for a Bible study, or if he, someone had asked him a question and he had answered it, then he would go back and he would research to make sure that the answer he had given was on point. So he loved all aspects of being a pastor. We both loved each and every one of you, and I still do. He said he always felt like he was the lucky one by being appointed to Aldersgate and getting to be your pastor and getting to know and love each and every one of you. And we both thank you for that. I want to thank you for your very many kindnesses that... You showed us while we were here. You provided for us so very well, and we appreciated it. If we never told you, we did appreciate it. I also want to thank you for the many kindnesses that you showed to me, well, and to Joseph prior to his passing, and then to me after his passing. It was, it was quick, 
It was uh, shocking and still is. It's been on Tuesday, will be seven months, and that is very hard for me to believe. Today, I want to thank the women of the church for having me here. I want to thank Pastor Steve for allowing all of us women to take your many places this morning. I want to thank all of the members of Aldersgate for allowing me to be here. Then I want to thank my daughter Ashley Hall, who is here with me. I want to thank my sister-in-law, Karen Curtis-Gwynn. Without these two, I would not have made it these seven months. I want to thank my friend from high school who is with us this morning, Jeannie Cosby Kelly. She just happened to marry Joseph's cousin. Who knew? We didn't for quite a while, but they are here today in support of me, and I appreciate it so very much. They were here the very first Sunday that Joseph was here. I had ca called or wrote or something and said, how far is Fort Mill, because I knew that's where she lived, from Rock Hill? She said, oh, about eight miles. <laughs> And so we were really excited to be, that was the first time since high school, I guess, that we had been that close together. So thank you for being here. It means everything to me that all of you are here. And I just wanted, before we got into our worship time, I wanted to make sure to thank you and to give you a few words from Joseph. Now we will have our gospel lesson. And it is from Luke. Oh, I'll have to look. Luke chapter 24, verses 13 through 35. Audrey did a pretty good job when she was doing the children's sermon. She said a lot of things. I thought, that's my sermon. <laughs> but that's okay, Audrey. We're together in this thing. Our gospel lesson today is the very familiar story of the two men who were followers of Jesus and were on the road to Emmaus. Let me read the scripture and then I'll get into the sermon. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. 
as they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still. They had their faces down. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things, he said. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, a powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priest and our and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one that was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us, They had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see Jesus. He said to them, How foolish you are, and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all his prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, Stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them, assembled together and saying, It is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Gracious God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Amen. 
I've just shared with you the familiar story of the two followers of Jesus on their journey to Emmaus on Easter evening. They were discussing the events of the past three days. As I read this lesson, I was very struck by how many different moods are in this story. In the beginning of the story, the mood of these two men is one of being downcast, being in despair. When the stranger approaches and asks them what they are talking about, the text says they stood still looked sad. They explained to the stranger what had happened. And these men were sad because their friend that they had been following for three years had been crucified and lay in a tomb. They believed. They were sad because they believed this man was a special person a person who might have come from God. I imagine they thought about all the miracles Jesus did, all the people he healed, all the perplexing questions he asked. The scribes and the Pharisees were just stunned by this man. He made statements about being the son of man. I mean, just imagine if you were confronted in this way, how you would feel. They saw this man cry at the death of his special friend, Lazarus. They saw this man enjoy himself at a party for a bride and groom. He even made more wine when not enough had been prepared for. They saw him become angry, very angry at the deplorable things that were going on in the temple, in God's name. He became angry at all the corruption. He threw tables over. He chased those who were cheating people. Just chased them out. These men were sad because their friend, whom they had come to know really well, was dead and they no longer would have such a special friendship. They were sad because they had heard some very confusing things that very morning as they were ready to leave Jerusalem. Some news that the body of their friend, Jesus, was missing from the grave. They couldn't understand who would want to take this body and why. What were they going to do with it? Yes, these men were sad. They were so sad, in fact, that they were walking slowly 
with their heads bowed, their shoulders humped over like they were carrying the weight of the world on them. Then this stranger appears. He could tell that they were in a state of despair. Especially when these men said, but we had hoped. But we had hoped. This was the man that would redeem Israel. These men were in a state of despair because they had hopes and dreams for this leader, this friend of theirs. They had hoped, they had dared to believe that this might be the one man to bring their nation out of slavery, out of bondage, out of the hands of the Romans. They believed this might be the man to restore the nation of Israel to its own destiny. They had hoped he would be the Messiah, the one for whom they had been waiting. After they saw him die on the cross, after they saw him placed in the tomb and the stone rolled in front of the door closing off the tomb, they lost hope. They were in a state of despair, a state of complete hopelessness. This stranger who walked with these two men could see their sadness, feel their despair, sense their failure, their confusion, their grief about their friend, this Jesus of Nazareth. Then the stranger began to talk. He tells them they are foolish because they don't understand the ways of God that was explained to Moses and to the prophets. He tells them that the Christ, the Messiah, should suffer all these things because he was, that was the only way that he could enter into his glory. He explains that the plan of salvation that God laid out in Scripture which is the Old Testament. He explains, I would imagine, that all was lost. There is still hope. All was not lost, I'm sorry. There is still hope. He must have done a convincing job because when they drew near to the village, the two men asked this stranger to stay with them that night, not to leave, not to go on, but to stay with them and have supper with them. Their mood of sadness and despair was changing because this man had said what he had to them. They wanted more. They wanted to hear more. They wanted to understand the things he was talking about. So they asked him to stay. And then it happened. They went into an inn to eat supper. They sat down to eat. And Jesus, taking the common, ordinary elements of most meals into his hands, bread and wine, broke the bread and was ready to bless the wine when these two men 
realized who he was. He was their friend Jesus. Their eyes had been opened. They could now see Jesus had broken bread, gave it to them, and now they could see. The text says they could even understand all he was telling them as they walked with him. Their mood changed from one of sadness and despair to one of joy, one of hopefulness, one of excitement, amazement. The text says they arose that same hour and went back to Jerusalem. Now I imagine they did not walk back like they had been walking. They did not walk back with their heads bowed and their shoulders bent over. I'll bet they even ran back to Jerusalem. They could not wait to tell their friends about what all had happened. That Jesus had risen. That Jesus was, had done exactly as he had promised. They were happy now. They were excited. They were hopeful about their future. They knew they were no longer alone. Their friend, their teacher, their savior was alive and with them. They were now excited. They had had their eyes opened. Our eyes can be opened too. When we come to worship, and some of us do, with all the brokenness of the world, shutting our eyes, we come here to have them opened. And if we just have an open heart and listen, our eyes can be opened every time we are in the house of the Lord. Many of us enter God's house with the same sadness and despair that these men who walked to Emmaus did. We are sad because of grief, because of pain, broken relationships, and we encounter these things every day of our lives. We come in a state of despair because of our failure to live up to our own expectations or live up to those others have for us. We come in despair because life has not gone exactly like we thought it was going to. We come with all the weight of the world on us, not fully knowing if we're going to be able to bear up under it. To all of this, Jesus comes to us through the scripture and explains to us each Sunday that he is our God, he is the one who suffered and can release us from our burdens and carry our loads. He can lead us down the path of life. He opens our eyes to the miracle of Easter that says he is risen for us. He is with us 
we are not alone in this world. But we have a Savior who walks with us, who cares about us, who loves us very much. Jesus opens our eyes, puts a burning feeling in our hearts as we listen to his words and the stories about him each time we come to his house to worship him. But he doesn't stop there. He comes to us in a meal like he came to the men in the inn at Emmaus. He comes to us with the breaking of bread and drinking wine, assuring us that he has risen and has conquered death and is with us. He is in our very bodies and souls. Anytime we come to the Lord's table, Jesus opens our eyes to his presence with us. He is showing us in a very dramatic way, in a very physical way, that he is the risen Lord of our lives. Jesus is opening our eyes this morning to the reality of the resurrection. He is changing our moods from the sadness and despair of this world to the joy and excitement that we have a risen Lord who cares, who loves and comforts his children with not only his words, but his very presence. Today we encounter a Savior who brings joy and love into our lives. We take him with us into our everyday world, into our reality of pain, suffering, guilt, broken relationships, whatever we carry with us, he is with us and goes with us. Our eyes remain open to the glory of our Lord every morning. It brings an excitement. He is risen. Hallelujah, he is risen. Jesus has come to us this morning and he has assured us that he is our risen Lord. He is the Lord of our everyday life. Let us pray. Lord, bless these words to our understanding as they are offered in your name. Amen. <laughs>